how very good and pleasant it is when the people of God live in unity. Good morning. <coughs> I'm Betty Dietz, if you didn't know. <laughs> and I will be your liturgist for the day. And I would like to welcome Elder Don Hyman as our pastor, as our leader, as our preacher. Hopefully he will tell us a little bit about himself. Um, we are in Eastertide. That is a season of the church right after Easter until Pentecost, about 50 days of celebrating the resurrection and Christ's last 50 years on earth and what we, have, what we learned during those 50 days. Grace to you and peace from God the Creator and from Jesus Christ, our teacher and redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. I welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you are here in person or joining us on Zoom. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, remember the promise of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am among them. Now as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. The bonds of death could not hold Jesus. We hid in fear, but now we are dancing in the streets. Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus is here with us. We were silent in fear, but now we are 
Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 245, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Let us pray. God of life, from whom all receive their breath, breathe new life into our tired lungs so we may speak words of faith, hope, and love. Free us from fear that we may follow Christ boldly, ready to lay down our lives for your kingdom's cause, entrusting that you will also rescue us from the grave. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, God has made known to us in deeds of power, signs, and wonders, and will not abandon us if we confess the truth about our lives. Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, you understand. <clears throat> Yet there are times when we do not understand this type of faith. We do not understand how Jesus rose from the dead. We do not understand how the resurrected Christ comes to us today. Moments of doubt and disbelief sap our strength. Forgive and restore us. 
Help us trust you and your love for us. <clears throat> Help us to trust the ways of Christ. Amen. And hear us as we confess to you in the silence of our own hearts. Jesus said to his disciples, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Beloved children of God, we are forgiven. May this forgiveness bring peace to us all in soul, mind, and body. Thanks be to God. Amen. Beloved, Jesus stands among us and says, peace be with you. So we say to one another, peace be with you. Let us share the peace of Christ with one another. We listen to the word of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, through the words we speak and hear, make known your ways of life. May our hearts be full of your presence. Amen. Our Psalter lesson today is a Psalm of David, Psalm 16, a Psalm of trust and security in God. And I am going to read from the message. Keep me safe, O oh God. I've run for dear life to you. I say to God, be my Lord. Without you, nothing makes sense. And these God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. Don't just go shopping for a God. My choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and a yard, and then you make me your heir. The wise counsel God gives when I'm awake and is confirming by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out and from the outside in. I'm firmly formed. You, can, you canceled my ticket to hell. That is not my destination. Now you've got my feet on the right path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, Lord, I'm on the right way. <clears throat> holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together hymn number 721. You have come to the lake shore. This particular hymn demands a little bit of movement. Okay? And 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 shakers. Okay.
Good morning. Good morning. Our gospel lesson today comes from Luke chapter 5, 3 to 11. And it reads as follows. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for catch. Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Now understand um, that there's any response to the reading of the scripture? Okay, all right. God, we thank you for your word. Ah. Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Elder Don Hyman, and I am from your church down the road, New Covenant Presbyterian Church. And I understand we had somewhat of a partnership last Sunday at Easter. And I was sorry I couldn't be there because I had been commissioned by another church that I do vacation Bible school for to do an Easter play for their youth ministry over um, by South Pearl and Morton Avenue. And it was a blessed experience that we had uh, working with the kids again every Saturday. And then because of the miracle of this thing, the only, one good thing that we got out of the pandemic was Zoom. So we had our last tech rehearsal on Zoom. And guess what? Everybody showed up and they were on time. <laughs> so let's hear it for Zoom. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed the Easter season this year. And when Pastor uh, Del Hagen called me and told me he'd like me to be come down on this particular date, I was thrilled to no end. One, because I'm off this week. School is uh, on recess uh, this week. I'll see my children at Montessori tomorrow. Can't wait. I'm sure they can't wait. Um, and from Thursday around this area, uh, I'm originally from Brooklyn, I've gotten involved in what goes on around Easter time. And before the pandemic, on Thursday, some friends of mine, their church has a service on Thursday, and I go to that. On Friday, there's a good Friday called the Seven Last Words service at another church, and I go to that. And on Saturday, Pastor Katie sent her over New Covenant Access to say the Lord's Prayer at noon, and I did that. And on Sunday, uh, this year, I was at the, giving the children's play during their, their Easter service, and it was wonderful. So I really enjoyed Easter this year because for the past three years in the pandemic, that had been removed from me, okay? And I think all of us remember kind of being a little melancholy during that time period, but now we're back and we're celebrating. 
And one of the things that happened um, at that Thursday service is I heard a wonderful, wonderful um, story uh, and song that I wanted to share with you. And it goes something like this. When Jesus hung on the cross at Calvary, people came from all over just to see someone in the crowd yelled out, if you be the Christ, then why don't you come down and save your life? But he would not come down from the cross just to travels and I take it with me wherever I go and I'm going to share it with you I want you to look over at your neighbor and tell them if God is all you have if God is all you have then you have all you need can we try that to somebody else if God is all you have then you have all you need. Okay. I want you to, to think about that because it's, it, it's so powerful. And this morning, I'm going to, we heard our story here and um, we're going to go into that and then explain how that works in terms of walking in the spirit and taking a leap of faith. And as an actor, I get a lot of times when I'm going to do a play, when people come backstage and they'll say, oh, break a leg. I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh-uh. I take a leap of faith. All right? So this particular passage in the Bible deals with a story. And as a teacher, you know I had to go do my, my, my research. Because when you give this, an ELA, what we call ELA today, which is English language like we used to do, you give them a little background so they're not confused. So we find our Lord at the lake, uh, the Sea of Galilee. And it's called Lake Genesaret. Uh, and a lot of the lakes that, little towns that are near the lake, they named their lake after that, like Lake Tiberias, Lake Genesaret. And what we want to look at in terms of our story today is how it applies to us and how we identify with it. Because as people, as human beings, we fall into routines. And some routines are really, really good. Except sometimes our routines become comfort zones and we don't want to get out of them to go further. We sometimes limit our potential. Am I correct? Think about this. As a teacher, I, I was an edu a director for an edu the education director for a private school at one time in New York City. And we had little kids. And when they learned, I would go around to the different rooms and see what they were learning. And first they learned how to do their letters. And then they learned a word. And they put other words together and they eventually learned how to do a what? A sentence. And eventually that sentence would one day turn into a paragraph, right? And you put a couple of those paragraphs together and you're on the way to writing a report or essay, which eventually could become a book. But imagine if you just stopped at that sentence, right? Okay, so we're not going to limit our potential by getting into a routine. And that's what a lot of the story is about. Um, how many of you know how deep Lake Generosity is? May I take a guess? Numbers? How about you, Jim, sir? Take a, take a wild guess. How deep do you think Lake Generosity is? Okay, next. This young lady in the front. 
Next. Okay, I'll give you the answer, all right? The answer is Lake Lake Generoset weighs in at 141 feet deep. Okay, and to give you an idea, I got online last night, and there was a video of them taking a boat trip across the Sea of Galilee. And I rode with them on the boat, you know, (laughs) in the video to get a sense of it. Do you know, for example, I'm, a, I'm a, a very much of a Brooklyn boy, and my idea of a lake is something like Lake Champlain. How many of you have been to Lake Champlain, right? Uh, we did a show on Lake Champlain one time, and we just took the boat out in the water, and we sang a couple of songs, and we went back to the water, dropped off those people, got some more people, went back. And I'm like, okay, that's a lake. Last year, I was at a conference in uh, the Windy City, Chicago, and I stayed um, at the in Millennium Park, which was a couple of blocks from Lakeshore Drive. And when I walked over one day during a break to Lakeshore Drive and I saw Lake Michigan, I said, oh, my God, this is an ocean. I had never, I, 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 I could not believe that a lake, a lake with that, those four words could be so large. But we're looking at lakes that can be large bodies of water, okay? So that taught me. Anyway. Another thing is fishing at night. In this story, uh, we, 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 we learned Peter and the other fishermen have been fishing at night. One of the reasons they were doing that is because it's so hot during the day, okay? And we also learned that they were doing what? They were cleaning their nets. As fishermen, that's one of the skills that they had to have was making and mending their nets. And, the lin- and in this time period, the nets were made of linen and... Um, if they have to be carefully cleaned and dried each day. So in our story, we, we find when our Lord is teaching and preaching that this is what the fishermen are doing, all right, after being out all night, okay? So I thought I would add a little bit into that so that we could see a little bit more into the story and how it works. And let's, let's go back to me a few years ago. I have a fish story and I have a boat story. Um, when I was in the United States Air Force many years ago, um, I took a ride down to Port Aransas. How many of you are familiar with Corpus Christi, Texas? Okay. So uh, me and a couple of the Air Force buddies, we got in the car one night, drove down to Corpus Christi from San Antonio, Texas. And it was a cool Saturday night. Like in January, you get what we call blue northers. It's generally very hot there, but around this time, you can get some cool nights. So we had on little sweaters and things, but it was cold, okay? And what surprised me most was that there's this long pier that extended all the way out into the Gulf, and what surprised me even more was there were so many people out there that were fishing at night. And they were serious about it. You know, I was cold, but they were serious about fishing. I didn't care about any fish. I just wanted to get warm. And another one of my fishing stories is, can you believe it or not, I actually got a job on a fishing boat. I did. I was hired. I was in Cape Cod. I had a buddy who went to school in Boston, and in the summertime, he would go up to the Cape, and he freelanced and made a ton of money as a waiter. Anytime they needed a waiter to fill in at some of the restaurants at the resorts, he would, he would hop in. So I went to visit him. I said, I like this. I can stay here. He said, well, okay, I got to go to work. You see what you can do. And I heard that they were hiring over at the, uh, the fishing area. And I went, and I got um, hired right on the spot. The guy said, you get paid every day. And I was like, yeah, I got a job. I'm going to stay in Cape Cod for the summer. And I told my friend about it, and he says to me, oh, no, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, but that's a lot of money. No. They have a very high pay because they have a lot of high people that drown doing that. And I was like, also, when you're not out on the boat, you're in that warehouse with no air conditioning, and you're cleaning fish all, all day. He says, you'll smell like fish for the rest of your life. So between those two things, that convinced me, and then he convinced me to cheer me up to go with him to a party he was helping me cater. And while we were there, he says, look over there. You see those kids? I said, yeah, everybody's here tonight. It's a party. He says, yeah, but those are Kennedys. I, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> the rich and famous. So <clears throat> back to my sermon. At the Lake of Galilee, Jesus taught the people from the boat uh, belonging to Simon Peter. And after his discourse, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, 
We have toiled all night and took nothing. Now, Peter, who had had years of experience in fishing, he, he was kind of like um, facing a dilemma. All right? Some of, some of us have been in the same position in life, right? You know your job. And here comes somebody else that comes along and tells you another way to do your job. The same job you've been doing for 20 years. Been there, done that? Anybody? Can you identify with that? Okay, so we're a little resistant at that, at that time period. And then there's something else, another element that we need to think about that's going through Peter at this time. We said that he'd been out all night, so he had to be tired. He had been working on his nets. He's doing his usual routine. He can handle it. But that's not a very good time to make decisions, especially if you're making decisions when you're in a hurry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, or when you're tired. So I think Peter sort of fell into two of these categories, right? But somehow, he decided to answer in the spirit instead of in the flesh. Because his first, first thought was to say, uh-uh, I already did this, right? And he did, he did mention that, okay? He said that, Master, we have been working, toiling all night, right? And we've taken nothing. And we do this all the time. So I know if we didn't get anything last night, why should we go back out there again? And we do this sometimes. Take this into consideration. How many heard this? A winner never quits and a quitter never. You talk to anybody that's a successful person and they'll tell you whether they're a musician or an actor, an athlete or a businessman, that before they hit that bonanza, they have been trying for days. Okay? Been there, done that. That's, that's one of the, the ramifications of success. But he let himself be lead by, led by the Spirit. And oh boy, wasn't he surprised. The miraculous catch was so much that it overflowed. And he called to his, his other friends, come on, bring the boats quick. You know, this is it. We've got a lot to do. And um, what, we, we, what we look at is Peter was, was acting in faith. Peter was acting in faith. And what does that mean? He had a choice of standing his ground and saying, I've been up all night. I know what I'm doing. I'm the fisherman. You're just a carpenter. How are you going to tell me what to do? And we can get into that mode. But he decided to act in faith. Oh, and that's the difference. See, when you act upon what God's word says, or you act upon what the Holy Spirit may speak to your heart, results are going to be forthcoming. Oh, yeah, really? And what is the fruit of an act of faith? An act of faith consists of being able to get to know God step by step in his majesty and glory. And it's necessary to act in faith. Did you hear that? It's necessary to act in faith. So we see this beginning as a new way of approaching our lives on a daily basis. Um, I hope that when you leave here today, that you understand that we have routines. We go to jobs, we get up, we do everything. And then when things come along that change, we sometimes can be resistant to change. But myself included, how many of you have had computer, what is it, Windows 10, Windows 7, Windows 8? And then you come to your job, they say, we can't use the computers because they're updating it. And then you have to learn how to do it a whole new way, right? I guarantee you, we Americans are marvelous at adapting. There is nobody else in the world that could have gone through a pandemic like we did. We did. Masks, hand sanitizers, Zooms, okay? Six feet apart. I came to my school, and part of it was virtual. Teachers that had to learn to teach on the screen, and little children with Chromebooks as young as kindergarten, sitting there in their living rooms doing a lesson. 
Do we marvel at that? Yes. Because we didn't give up and say, oh, this is it. I can't do this. What are we going to do? Chicken little, the sky is falling. No. We acted in faith. And look at us today. We can look back at we weren't here a couple Easter's or Sundays after Easter. But that makes the difference. Don't limit God's potential. He's the God above the deep and below the deep. And he can do anything but fail. Y'all mighty quiet out there. What you doing? Listening? Okay. All right. A couple of years ago, um, I'm, I'm the type that reads the little news things that they send you on your computer. And I read a very interesting news story. I was in um, St. Petersburg, Florida about this time last year in the Gulf of Mexico. And while I was there, we had gone to the beach one day. Um, it was a veterans affair. And I looked out at the, um, the Gulf, Tampa Bay, and I was recalling a story that I had read about a gentleman that lived in that area. As you know, that's a very good area for fishing, right? How many gentlemen in here are fishermen? Go fishing as a sport. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there are a lot of people that do that, especially in Florida. And this particular gentleman who owned a Greek restaurant in the Tampa area with his family had his own little boat. And for the day off, he decided to go out and do a little fishing on his own. Well, the weather can change pretty fast in those areas. And a storm came up. And he um, was about to grab his life preserver, got knocked over, lost the life preserver. Then he decided to go try to swim for the boat. The boat got away. Estenadis Momoris, and I hope I'm pronouncing it because it's a Greek name, um, was out there in that water, treading water, staying afloat. For 18 hours. And he said he saw lights and they didn't see him. He saw a plane and they didn't see him. And he said at one point, he said that the only way he was going to stop is if God stopped him. He said he never did give up hope. And he attributed himself getting caught. To his faith in God. Out there on the water with just him and God. 18 hours. I'm doing this for maybe eight minutes and I'm getting tired. He was rescued. A boat happened to come by. And they were fishing for scallops. And somebody said, what is that out there? And they got closer and they realized it was Mr. Momoras. And the experts, the doctors said that he possibly had about four more hours left. Won't he do it? Won't he do it every time? Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. Oh, it gets better. I read a story about three months ago. And off the coast of Nigeria, there's some oil tankers at work because there's oil beneath the shore. And these particular gentlemen had a tugboat that went out to repair something. And that night, they were in their cabins about, and watch this, there were 12 of them. A storm came along that morning and turned the boat over, topside and sank to the bottom of the ocean. One gentleman 
has just happened to get up to go to the bathroom. And he said he felt the ship moving and turning. And it began to fill up with water. And he said he managed to swim out the door down to where the uh, officer's cabinet was, uh, office, office was. And he was able to find a little bit of pocket of air. And he was able to grab a table that was floating and get himself out of the water and be able to, to sit on that. And when the scientist looked at what happened to him, because he was down there for 60 hours, 60 hours, they said that The, the amount of carbon dioxide that would have been generated was, was uh, cut down because of the water. It would fall on the water. But he still had a limited amount of, of air left. Now, divers decided to go down when the sea got a little calmer to rescue the bodies that they could find. And when the divers went down, they had a camera that somebody up there in the office was looking at to see what they were doing. And somehow, somehow, as they swam through and they were finding bodies, they swam through and all of a sudden, a hand is out and the diver jumped back. He thought it was a dead body. <laughs> but the guy watching, he said, there's somebody here in there alive. Go and get them. And they went back. And sure enough, Harrison O'Kaney, the cook, was alive. 60 hours later, underwater, boat upside down. And this wasn't the Poseidon adventure. And to get him out of there becomes another dilemma. Because he had to be brought up a certain way and put into a mini-sub and brought up so that he would not get the bends. You know what the bends is, right? Coming up too fast, okay? And when they got him to the hospital and to get decompressed, he thought he had only been down there a day. But the thing that he said that I'm going to say to you is that while he was down there, he said that dressed only in his boxer shorts, he recited the last psalm his wife had sent him in a text message the night before. Sometimes called the prayer of deliverance. Oh God, by your name, save me. The Lord sustains life. And he said all he did anytime he was awake was to pray. Now, if God can hear you deep down in the ocean, he can hear you way above the ocean because he's God of the deep and God above the deep and he can do anything but fail just ask that man that was out there swimming for those 18 hours in his restaurant now with his family just ask Mr. O'Kenny who got returned to his family in Nigeria he promised he would never go back to water but a year later, he decided to take a diving lesson. We have to understand that God doesn't want us to be limited. We limited ourselves. We limit our potentials. Leave here today knowing that if you walk in faith, your bonanza is on the way. Okay, you're, you're, you're not going to find anybody who's successful who said, 
I'm only going to stay at this position. I'm not going to change. And don't get me wrong. Change is not easy, especially when you've got a comfort zone. Money's coming in. The bills are paid. Everything is going everywhere, right? But when we come into something like the pandemic that turns everything upside down, yeah, you went to work every day on time. You never missed a day. You were never sick. Why is this happening to me? You need to know him. You need to tell yourself every day, God loves me. Can we all say that together? God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. And he can love you like nobody else can. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. People of God, the way of Christ may be a mystery, but we are invited to see, to follow, and to love. May God strengthen us as we carry the story of Christ within our hearts and as we share it with others. Amen. Amen. As Darlene comes, are there any announcements that need to be made other than there is coffee hour <laughs> after service today? <laughs> Come and greet your neighbor. Enjoy a cup of coffee. Are there other announcements? Any church announcements? No. no. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yes. our hearts are glad, our soul rejoice, our bodies rest secure, for God has been exceptionally generous, so be generous, and let your gratitude be sincere, overflowing in gifts for God's work.
Let us pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for your promise of new life. We thank you for these gifts. As we offer them into your hands, may they bring hope and new life to those in need. In the name of the resurrection Christ, we pray. Amen. Morning again. We'd like to know if you have any prayers for people. Anyone? Reaching out? Yes. Okay, do you have anyone? Yes. I have two friends who were recently diagnosed with breast cancer, Ann and Sandy. So if everybody can say a little prayer for them, I'd appreciate it. Okay, do we have anyone else? I want to give thanks for the tech team. We love you even when things don't go perfectly. <laughs> 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 All right. Any more? I have one of prayers for the Culbertson family who just recently lost their mother. Um, so we'll put that one down there. Okay. Dear God, 
we reach out to you and pray that um, Fred has a speedy recovery, that you, 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 you heal him. Um, we pray for Ann and Sandy, who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, that they um, receive the proper treatment that they need to sustain them. We have prayers for our tech team for being so tech savvy on this day. Um, we have prayers uh, for um, my good friends, uh, Terry and Mickey Neiman, who uh, I've known from New Covenant. I don't see them here today, but they're probably on Zoom. And dear God, I pray for this wonderful congregation that you bless them and keep them highly favored. And I thank them for inviting me back here to be a part of their service again. In the name of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, we have a victory. Amen. And now for your prayer dedication. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise in body. I'm sorry. Yes? Fred's being discharged. Yeah. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Yes. He works! Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 246, Christ is Alive.
And now for the benediction. I open this service saying, if God is all you have, you have all you need. And Christ calls us out of our depth. He invites us to launch out into the deep. The storm may be raging, but if you are where Christ has called you to be and you are doing what he has called you to do, he will bring you through. Are you ready to launch out and serve God? Are you ready to get out of your comfort zone? In the name of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, we have a victory. Amen. Walk in victory, my brothers and sisters, and never walk in defeat. Leap of faith. Amen.